0: Hi, welcome to episode 514 of the Fantastic Forecast. I'm Dave Elliott, America's next drag superstar. Today, it's Fantastic Four 514 from August 2004. Dysfunctional Part 1 by writers Mark Wade and Carl Kessel and guest artist Paco Medina. So we begin with Wizard, out of costume, sitting on a floating throne, answering questions from a group of people. The font for this, uh, wording is very, uh, computery. Someone asks what he thinks about the recent troubles of the Fantastic Four. He replies that this shows a side of the Fantastic Four they've successfully hidden all these years. He says, change is long overdue, and what comes around goes around. They destroyed his life years ago, and now they're going to get what's coming to them. And on the next page, we see the wizard in his costume, and these conversations he's having with people, that was some kind of internet chat session in a virtual reality room, as he's hooked up to a bunch of wires. Is this what celebrities have to go through when they are answering questions on Reddit? They get hooked up to a bunch of wires? Interesting. Down below, two other villains are waiting. Hydro Man, in a new costume provided by the wizard, and Paste Pot Pete, who's going by a new name now. What is that name? Huh. Trapster, I think? Hydro Man is getting very impatient. He wants to go kick some butt, but Pete has to tell him to calm down and wait. He gets a little insulting with Hydro Man, who reacts by sucking the water out of Pete's body, sending him crashing to the floor. This is something that he just learned how to do. So Hydro Man can suck men dry, and the trapster goes around shooting loads of creamy white paste on everyone, Could life get any better for me? The wizard comes over and tells Hydra-Man to rehydrate the trapster, now. And if not, the wizard can trigger a reaction that will cause Hydra-Man to lose all cohesion and dissolve into a puddle. Wizard points out that the Frightful Four have often failed because his members have turned their backs on him. But not this time. He's not gonna allow it. So Hydra-Man restores Pete's water levels to normal, there's a bright flash of light and flames, and a woman appears. The newest member of the Fightful Four. It's a woman with dark hair, a black leathery suit, and for some reason, what appears to be a bat symbol on her chest? She calls herself Fire Maiden. Doesn't that sound like a combination of the two women from the Justice League International? Ice Maiden and Fire. She goes on to tell Hydra Man and Pete to bow down before the dragon's daughter, Salamandra. I don't think the name Salamandra is going to strike too much fear in the heart of men. Ooh, salamanders! A woman who can channel the deadly, menacing power of a salamander. They're like reptiles, but only not scary. At no point in human history has anyone ever uttered the phrase, Oh no, a salamander! I don't know what her powers are yet. I don't think they have anything to do with her name. She's just like a fire maiden, like she says. Wizard asks her if she did as she was instructed, and she replies that yes, His device is now being carried by her daughter. Pete asks, Daughter? And Wizard explains that Salamandra's daughter is a 19-year-old girl who's been exchanging emails with the Human Torch. They've arranged to meet, and when they do, the Frightful Four are going to attack. Later, Pete expresses concern that the 19-year-old daughter could be harmed during the attack, but Wizard doesn't seem to care. It seems like he might prefer if she gets killed, which might put a bit of a cramp on his relationship with Salamandra. So back in Manhattan, the entire FF, along with the kids, are out in the city, on the street, and no one is paying them much attention. Ben says the lack of adulation affects his delicate sensibilities. He ought to try hosting this podcast. Then i will see what the lack of adulation is really like. Ben sees a hot dog vendor nearby, and he strolls over to grab a hot dog, or two, or three, or ten, but the hot dog vendor points to a sign on his cart saying, Management reserves the right to refuse service and he exercises that right by refusing to serve Ben. Oh no! Now what is Ben going to do? Where else in New York City can he ever find a hot dog? Johnny tells everyone he's gotta go. He's going to meet a girl from the internet, calling it a blind date. Ah, so that's what you call it when you meet someone from online, a blind date. I guess I'll call them blind dates too, even though all my blind dates only last 15 minutes. Someone throws a cup of soda and hits Ben in the head. At least it's orange soda, and it's not going to stain his rocks. Ben is going to have an appropriate response, of course. He goes there and he starts to pick up a bus full of people. But Reed grabs him and pulls him back, saying that kind of outburst is not going to help their image. Sue is about to ask Johnny what time he's going to meet that girl. But she turns around, and Johnny's gone. Reed says, if only someone had tapped into his email to learn where he's meeting this girl. Oh, no. You know what that means. Reed has been reading Johnny's emails. What. An. Asshole. This really bothers me. If someone in my family was secretly reading my emails, I would not want to have anything to do with that person ever again. Especially if he or she were reading my correspondences with my, um, uh, blind dates. Screw Reed. He really is horrible. When Iron Man becomes a fascist in a few years during Civil War, it's kind of, uh, out of left field. But when Reed becomes a fascist, it's not much of a surprise. He doesn't have that far to go. So over at a coffee shop, Johnny meets his blind date, a girl calling herself Cole. The first thing Johnny says is that her Chinese clock is red. Yes, your Chinese clock is. But Cole interrupts him, saying that she's not amused by playful spy meet spy nonsense. And when Johnny asks, Cole, is that your first or last name? She replies, it's what it is, it's enough. This is not starting out well for Johnny. If this was an episode of that TV show Blind Date, there would already be a bunch of bubbles popping up, telling us that Johnny should run, run away. run away. And of course, to make the date even worse, it's being watched by the Frightful Four. Hydra-Man says he likes Cole and wishes they had five of her on the team. Wizard snaps at Hydra-Man saying they don't need that many people on the team, and he adds that she has no powers. He tested her. Salamandra is like, YOU WIN! Already, it's pretty obvious that, as, as it's happened so many times before, the female member will turn on the rest of the Fightful Four, right? Pete cries out, Look! On the video, they see the rest of the Fantastic Four strolling up to the coffee shop, with Ben saying, Fancy running into you, into you here, to Johnny. Wizard seems happy to have the entire team there to attack them all at once. He's a glutton for punishment, this guy. Suddenly, Cole starts freaking out. She drops her coffee and says, I knew this might, I mean, I always wanted to. Well, not always, but, but, oh lord, I screwed everything up. Suddenly, the top floor of the coffee shop blows up, and Pete asks Wizard, is this part of the plan? Wizard says that, of course it is, and it's gonna keep getting better. Reed hands Valeria to Franklin and tells them to get out of the way. Sue puts up a force field as the building crumbles down on top of the Fantastic Four. Cole, meanwhile, is still freaking out. The FF emerged from the wreckage, with Ben saying that it's clobberin' time. But what are they gonna clobber? A coffee shop? Sue wonders who's attacking them. Terax? Diablo? Boy, they're gonna be depressed when they find out it's just Wizard. Johnny looks over for Cole and sees her running away, screaming, Leave me alone! This may very well be the worst blind date ever. Well, at least it's the worst blind date since that Bruce Willis movie. The coffee shop owner comes out blaming the Fantastic Four for destroying his building. Reed says, they're not to blame. They just saved a bunch of lives. Oh really? They're not to blame, are they? Their very presence in New York City puts millions of lives in danger. The coffee shop would have never been destroyed had they not been there to be attacked by the f- fight before in the first place. The FF head off, with the owner screaming that they will hear from his lawyer. I'm guessing the FF have better lawyers, so I doubt they are shaking in their boots. Johnny flies after Cole and catches up to her. When Johnny mentions his family, Cole mentions her mother, saying that she jet sets around the world, wrapping rich men around her fingers, and she only sees her for a week or two a year. When Cole landed in New York, her mother got her that ring she's wearing. Obviously, the ring is being used to spy on her. Who's the worst, Salamandra and that ring that spies on her daughter? Or Reed for reading Johnny's emails? Definitely Reed. At least Salamandra is Cole's mother. Getting spied on by your brother-in-law? That's too much. Cole goes on to say that she wishes her mom was dead. She wouldn't know the difference. Hydra Man grins and says, That's harsh. The mom says Cole has much to learn. Johnny points out to Cole that his mom is dead, and that his dad was in prison for a long time, but now he's dead too. Cole says she went to 15 schools in 12 years, making it hard to make friends. Johnny asks why she reached out to him, and she says that she doesn't normally go on trips with her mom, but she wanted to come to New York City to meet Johnny. He says he can get her an application for the fan club. She reminds him that the fan club went bankrupt. So later, Johnny arrives back at the Baxter Building with Cole. This blind date is suddenly getting better. Unfortunately, when they finally start to get it on, her mom will be watching. Awkward! She excuses herself to go to the bathroom, to as uh, she as she says to freshen up, and the rest of the FF enter the room asking where Cole is. Such a nosy family. I guess Johnny should say that Cole is in the bathroom getting ready for her sex time. Reed hur- hurriedly tells Johnny that Cole is bait, part of a trap, and the coffee shop was blown up by irradiated gravitons, the kind kind of thing used by only one person. We see Cole down the hall opening a door, and on the other side is the new Frightful Four. The wizard thanks Cole for letting him in and says, What? No hug? I don't think that's the way to greet your father. What? No way is the wizard going to hook up with a hot chick like Salamandra. Maybe he really is a wizard. So needless to say, this issue is over to be continued next time. If you have any questions about the Fantastic Four, about this podcast, or if you need relationship advice, you can email me at podcastff at gmail.com. You can download other episodes of iTunes or find them all at www.podcastff.podbean.com. So long, kids. This podcast is over.
1: I was so high, I did not recognize